my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Friday, Full House fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the second episode in the Sisters Double Feature Part 2. Yes, today I am going to be talking about Season 6, Episode 14, Sisters in Crime. So this episode aired on December 17th, 1991. Not only is this the last episode in December of 91, it's the last episode for 1991. Because when we go back after Christmas and New Year, we are in 1992 with episode 15 played again, Jesse, on January 7th. This episode's got, let me read the description first, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself here. While the guys are at a hockey game, DJ is in charge, but when a hunky guy comes over and asks DJ to the movies, she agrees. Then she realizes she has to take the girls. At the movies, Stephanie spends all of her money at the concession stand, oh golly Steph, leaving DJ with no money for the tickets. So she asks Kimmy to sneak them in. Kimmy works there. The manager of the movie theater catches them, and DJ has to cut the date short. Then she has to teach her sisters to lie so that she doesn't get caught. Let me read the um, DVD case description, too. I've been trying to get back into that. I know it's been a while since I... So, DJ has a hot date with a cool classmate. There's only one or two little problems. Stephanie and Michelle tag along. Well, you're supposed to be babysitting them. Stephanie, at uh, 10 years old, can't stay home and watch her little 5-year-old sister. Which is interesting because we know that Danny has put DJ in charge in Season 1. And the episode with Cousin Steve, played by Kirk Cameron, just one of the guys. Danny was going to go off with his nephew Steve, Jesse, and Joey to go play basketball and leave 10-year-old DJ to watch 5-year-old Stephanie and 2-year-old, not even 2 years old at that point. She was just under 2 years old, like 18-month-old baby Michelle. Yeah. No. You're not doing that. So, we do have guest appearances. We got Vicky coming in. Played by Gail Edwards. Vicky, Danny's girlfriend. We got Daniel and Kevin Renteria. I'm sorry if I mispronounced their name. They are the babies that are playing baby Nikki and Alex. Until season six when Dylan and Blake Tumoy Wilhout take over the role. 
we have, of course, the first appearance of Scott Winger, who plays Steve Peters in season six. His last name will change to Hale. We also have Ed Hooks as the theater manager. He's been in a handful of stuff here. Uh, episode of Home Improvements, the movie Heart and Souls, which I absolutely love that movie. I do want to cover that one day on the, probably on the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast. So the episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, Boyd Hale, and Jeff Shimiel, Shimiel, story editor. Notice the name Boyd Hale. We know Derek's last name is Boyd, and Steve's last name in season six is Hale. So that's where my guess is they've got those two last names from. Okay, do we have any user reviews? We do not. Do we have any trivia? No. Wow, there is no trivia. But there are goofs, one of which I already mentioned. Steve's name is revealed to be Peters, but for the rest of the series and its spinoff, his last name is Hale. Continuity. While Danny is talking to DJ, Mr. Bear is on the shelf, but after he leaves, Mr. Bear is on Stephanie's bed. All right, of course, before I officially dive into this episode, I do want to let you Tanner newbies know who are, you know, I dub you all Tanner newbies if you're new to the podcast. Those jumping on the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, I want to say welcome, welcome. I have a pretty long backlog of episodes if you're just starting out and want to start at the beginning. A couple things. I don't do episode by episode, season by season, if you probably already guessed. I do themes. Right now I'm doing the Sisters Double Feature. Last month in July I covered the Almost Breakup Double Feature. In June I covered the Father's Day series. In September I'll cover the Back to School Part two double feature October I haven't decided yet which one I'm gonna do but I do have a mini podcast episode detailing my schedule for the rest of basically the fall of 2022 and the remainder of the year and then all of 2023 so you can get an idea of what series is I and double features I have planned for the following year as we wrap up most likely at the end of next year, the full house portion of the podcast. Also, another thing that sets this podcast apart from other full house and fuller house podcasts out there is it is for ears of all ages. There are some full house podcasts out there, some that are clean, some that are rated E for expletive that aren't, you know, family oriented, family friendly. And also... (laughs) losing my train of thought. It's 7.55 in the morning. Also, you know, I want to be that podcast that fans of the show who have grown up with the show, like I did, can listen to with their kids around, or even listen with their kids, or you can have it on speaker without worrying I'm going to drop an F-bomb or an H-bomb or an S-bomb or any other expletive out there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be inappropriate with this show because I... 
I love it to this day. Like I said, I grew up watching. I grew up with the characters. And I still have such a love for the show many years later, later into adulthood. And, you know, and with Fuller House. And I wanted to create a safe space where we all could enjoy the show and share in our memories and, and my memories and share those with you guys without you having to worry about me, you know, saying something inappropriate or it's not for everyone's ears, basically. Also, if you want to share your own Full House and Fuller House memories with me and other listeners, I would love to share it on the podcast. If you have ideas for what, if Full House had gotten a season 9 or 10, what were your thoughts for the characters? We know what happens to them because we see in Fuller House. However, there is a good block of time between basically 20 years worth of time that we basically fill in the blank of what's going on with the characters you know, we didn't even see Stephanie get to high school. We didn't see Michelle get to junior high. Those would have been really interesting to see. And I would love to hear. If you guys got ideas, if you got fan fiction, I would love to read it. So you can email the podcast at omhcfhfhpodcast. <laughs> For crying out loud. O-M-C-H-C-F-H-F-H podcast at gmail.com or if you even want to uh, send me a message on the podcast Facebook page it's just type in full house podcast or fuller house podcast so all my Lanta holy chalupas podcast Facebook page will pop up follow it so you'll know what episodes I'm doing for which month usually at the end of the month I will give y'all a heads up as to what set of episodes or double feature I'm doing for the following month Also, if you've been listening for a while or you just started tuning in and you really enjoy this podcast, share some feedback. Go to iTunes, leave a review, have fun, use emojis, try to stump me with a full house or fuller house question and I'll read on, try to answer it on the podcast. All five star reviews for the podcast do help it get noticed by other full house and fuller house fans, new and old like yourselves. So... Without further ado, let's jump in to the cold open. I love these little nuggets of extra footage. They're so adorable. So, yeah, we do have Becky and Jesse in the kitchen with Nikki and Alex. They're trying to get the babies to burp. And Jesse puts up a challenge like, hey, the first kid who burps... The parent, that parent holding said child gets out of diaper duty for the day. And Becky's like, oh, I'll take that bet, 100%. Because as we know, when she brought the boys home, she says that Alex is the king of burps. She says he is the king of gas. And Jesse's like, oh, that may be true, but we want it more, don't we, Nikki? <laughs> we just see a close-up on this baby. This baby's like, who are you? Where's my mom? This kid could look, not look more disinterested if he tried. <laughs> like, I mean, he's not crying, but he's just got that, what? <laughs> what do you want me to do? So Michelle comes down and asks 
what's going on? And Jesse says, oh, yeah, we're having a little contest to see who can burp the fastest. He doesn't mention the twins, but Michelle just, I'm not going to burp. That's just rude. So, yeah, she burps. And the way that Jesse puts a protective hand and kind of puts, you know, Nikki's face into the little uh, burp rag on his shoulder, like he's, and the look that he's given Michelle is like, don't do that in front of my child. It's like, germs. And Michelle says, I won. I'm still the burp champion. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to write this down because I think this is already headed for worst outfit of the episode. Michelle is wearing a white shirt with a tree on the front of it and flowers bordering the bottom and the arm sleeves and wearing matching lime pants or shorts. I can't tell. And she's got matching green barrettes in her pigtails and I'm just I'm not about that shirt I don't like it yeah so right now that's runner up until we get some other uh contenders in here oh they're like uh they're green pants okay and she says in your she starts walking away turns around points at them and says in your face all right Beck let's make this really interesting okay Whoever burps their baby the fastest gets out of diaper duty for the whole entire day. What do you say? Uh, you are on, pal, because I have Alex, and let's face it, he is the king of gas. Yes, that may be true, but we want it more, right, Nikki? Poor <laughs> baby. He's got the eye of the tiger. All right, ready? And burp him. Contest to see who can burp the fastest. I won. I'm still the burp champion. In your face. Also, since I work at a movie theater, I will be semi dissecting the movie theater scene and kind of showing, telling you like what they had there what is done, you know, now at movie theaters, just fun stuff like that. Now I'm trying to think, is this the first time we get a mention of Aunt Ida? Because I think at one point we do meet Aunt Ida once, but we don't see her in this episode. So Becky is taking Nikki and Alex to meet Aunt Ida, and she's more excited about it than they are. They... Yeah. Oh, and both boys are wearing, they look like baby Air Jordans, because they got, like, Michael Jordan on the, the feet of the shoes. And Becky's like, oh, we're going to have such a great time. She's going to hug you and love on you and kiss your face and pinch your cheeks for three hours. And I, <laughs> I'm not sure whether this is supposed to be Nikki or Alex, one of them, but he when Becky says pinch your cheeks for three hours, this little guy giggles. He laughs. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> oh, those little Nike Michael Jordan shoes. All right. So, of course, this is before Jesse and Joey are the Rochelle Renegades in season six. Jesse and Joey. Joey, at least, is Ranger Joe that we know of in season five. I believe Jesse took on the role of 
Lumberjack Jeffs for a short amount of time. So that's why he is included in the Channel 8 hockey team. They're playing a charity game. And Je Joey comes out first and says, we're lean. And Jesse says, we're mean. And Danny, who is <laughs> covered in uh, goalie gear, says, we're clean. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. This is the first. Well, we actually don't see any of the hockey game, which I kind of wish we had seen some of it. But we know, in fact, that Jesse does not know how to skate. In season six, the episode I haven't covered yet, Nice Guys Finish First, Jesse, we see him at the uh, ice skating rink, and his butt is constantly on that ice. I don't think he ever is able to get up on his feet for very long. <laughs> and even Becky is like, Jess, um, honey, I don't think I've ever seen you skate before. <laughs> That's right, because she's going to, well, she's missing, is she missing out? Because she's going to go visit Aunt Ida for three hours. She'll get all the hot goss of what's going down in Nebraska with her family. You know, well, uh, Aunt Ida, she got that, she got that ear. She got that ear to Nebraska. Like, oh, Becky, let me tell you everything that's been going down in the family, on the family farm. Who's married to who? Who's divorced? Who's got kids? All that jazz. In fact, even I was like, honey, do you know anything about hockey? And we get this answer. Oh, honey, I took the kids to Smurfs on Ice. I mean, what's to know? Okay, uh, Smurfs on Ice or any type of ice capades is just characters on ice. People that have been on the ice, they've trained. Can't, oh, my gosh. How... That is just, I mean, you can wear a heavy costume and skate at the same time and manage to stay on your feet. That's a skill. That's a skill to have. That's a, that's a skill to be proud to have. <laughs> but, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, when they do, and, and nice guys finish last or first or whatever. Jesse's announcing the hockey game, and he doesn't know anything about hockey so that makes for very interesting commentary becky finally jumps in like honey i got this you relax he said well what you know about hockey she's like yeah i had many older brothers don't worry about it i got this just sit back and chill <laughs> oh yeah and jesse is just glad like the boys are back as he puts an arm on uh joey and danny's shoulders like we're hanging out we're having a good time oh my gosh yeah this fun little mood here is going to disintegrate on the uh, trip back to the house later. <laughs> they don't stay happy for long. And they don't stay all palsy-walsy for very long either when they come back. Yeah, they all get, Danny's like, yeah, that's right. All for one for all and all for all for one. <laughs> Just like the three musketeers. Athos, Porthos, and Joey does. Annette! <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse's like, it's the ma musketeers, not the musketeers, you goof. <laughs> Athos, Porthos, and Annette. <laughs> I swear, in Greece and Stand By Me, the guys in those movies make such a thing about Annette, Annette Funicello's assets. It's insane. I'm like, can we, can we not about... Annette, please, we don't need to talk about her 
her her hoo-hahs. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. And Jesse's like, well, guys, I just got a question. Why, why do I have to be the goalie? Well, Danny, do you think you're going to be good in any other position? You got to be fast. If you're going to be on that ice and you're playing hockey, if you're not a goalie, you got to be fa- you got to be ready to go. If some the other team's getting that puck, you got to be on them. You got to be on them. And Danny, if you can't do that, then you need to be in the goal. You need to be holding up in the holding up the goal post there. Hey, Mr. Hockey Master here says, "Danny, seriously, look. Goalie is like the safest position on the ice." And Danny comments on the fact that he's wearing umpteen pounds of rubber on him. Why am I wearing 200 pounds of foam rubber? And when Danny goes to answer the door, he's like, hey, uh, Joey, how fast are those pucks going, actually? And I love how Joey, he's honestly so nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, I, mm, what, 90, 100 miles an hour? Sounds that bad. Like... This from someone who won't be hanging out in the goalie area. Yeah, he can say that. Okay, I gotta, I'm gonna, I wanna look that up. I wanna know, like, how fast hockey pucks travel. Like, what's the speed of that? Because if you're shooting them from long, long distances with a really powerful whack, you, you would think the same as, like, a baseball. Like, you're putting speed on that. Okay, Joey's not wrong. Usually, pucks travel anywhere between 80 and 100 miles an hour on shots. The fastest puck speed ever recorded in an ice hockey event was 110.3 miles per hour. Wow. Wow, that is... Mm. Matt was the same max speed. Yeah, a lot of these all say 100 miles an hour. How do you measure the speed? Um, you'll need a puck, a hockey stick, and tape measure, at least one helper with a stopwatch and an empty ring. Um, your friends start the watch as you make contact with the puck, stop it when the puck hits the boards. Measure the distance and divide by time and get the speed of the puck. I won't be partaking in that, but that's interesting to know. Danny wants to take a powder. He's like, you know, maybe I'll just hang out on, uh, you know, in the penalty box and make everybody some hot cocoa. Like, no, 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 no. You are a participator. You have no choice. Hey, I had to join in in activities in phys ed that I really didn't want to have to do, a.k.a. joining groups of kids that didn't want me in their group to begin with. And I was just thinking, you know how much I've said I'm not a fan of Danny's hair in season four? I think even maybe a little season three. Season five, oh, I like his hair. I like Danny's hair very much. Especially as the seasons go on, like six, seven, and eight, too. But I really like Danny's hair. Okay, let me get off of his hair. Okay, so he opens the door. It's Vicky, of course. She's kissing Jan. Gives Danny a kiss, like, oh, I love a man in uniform. It's like, yeah, Danny's rocking it. All the guys are rocking their uniforms. They look great. That gives him that confidence boost. Like, oh, I love a man in uniform. And he's like, oh, really? Hey, guys, what are we waiting for? The ice melt? Let's go. <laughs> he's waiting for hot go, go, Let's get out of the Oh, my. they're driving. <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm like, you guys are driving there, depending on where this rink is at, with all the equipment on you. That's gonna be 
depending on what time of year this is, that's going to be sweltering. Plus, you know, you're trying to drive. They don't have, I don't think they, okay, I got to rewind it. I didn't think they had ice hot. They didn't have the uh, skates on. No, they have regular shoes. But even still, it's like, peel some of that off. You guys are gonna you're gonna be sweating enough when you're on the ice and all that uh you know those layers, but you still have to get to the rink. So Jesse goes over to say goodbye to Nikki and Alex. And he says, "I'm gonna rub your little bald heads for good luck." And he says back, "If they don't start growing hair within a week, I'm buying buying them matching toupees." Jesse, don't worry. In season six, their hair will likely grow out. Granted, they're played by different actors by that time, but even still, their hair will grow. I'm sure he will see to it. Watching baby toupees. All right, so Jesse's gonna help Becky strap the the twins into the car so she can go to Aunt Ida's. And I'm surprised, like she didn't. Oh, what would she be required to do? I mean, yes, it's a charity event for the station they work at, but what would Becky have to announce the game? Or did they say, oh, this is just, don't worry about it, Becky, you get a day off kind of thing. So Danny says, hey, Deej, we're leaving. And this is where DJ mentions, he's like, oh, thanks for giving up your Saturday to babysit. And she's like, well, I mean, I had a date with a guy, but he never got back to me, so I guess I'm staying home and watching my sisters. Oh, she even tells Danny, oh, try not to get hurt. And I like how Danny's trying to be tough, like, ah, oh, you know what? I got this, Deej. Don't worry about it. Oh, and if I don't see you, oh, I love you so much. I don't see you again if something happens. Oh, she even says, you know, I was supposed to go out with Steve, but he never called. It's no big deal. I mean, yeah, he's a total honk, but, uh, again, it's no big deal. Well, and the fact that that's on Steve, it's like, if something's come up, why don't you call the person? Kimmy's got the phone number. Make an emphasis on, oh, it's all, it's no big deal. It's like she's trying to <laughs> make Danny feel guilty for, not, uh, for tying her to her sister's like, yeah, you gotta stick around the house today, a whole Saturday. Not only does she have to babysit, she has to make sure Stephanie, finish, Stephanie finishes her book report. Because apparently uh, Stephanie's a big procrastinator, I guess. I procrastinated too in school. I didn't always get my homework done. On, well, I didn't never got it done early. Like, as soon as it's a sign, I'm getting it done that night. No, 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 no. I always waited till the night or a day or so before. And also because... Michelle still is getting over her cold. She can't leave the house. Um, she's just got the sniffles, which I get. Depending on what time of year this is, you don't want her, you know, if she goes out in the cold air, maybe she, you know, can, I don't know, reinfect her, her cold could come back. I don't know. Or maybe he's worried about her infecting other people with her sniffles. I don't know. But if she's sick... Then how is no one else in the house getting sick? Because it seems like in the IQ man, Stephanie had a cold, and then at the end of the episode, Michelle got her cold from being in contact with Stephanie. But what was that a thing with you all growing up? I mean, when you were young and you had a cold, do your parents like, look, stay inside until you get better. I don't want you being out in that cold air or that warm air. Just stay inside. Like, uh, thinking that 
you being outside is going to make your cold worse. And Danny's like, oh, thanks, Deej, for doing this for me. I really owe you one. And she's like, oh, like one red Mustang convertible? And he's like, no, more like one big dad hug. Get over here. <laughs> okay, boys, this is your first trip to Aunt Ida's. And we are going to have a good time. She's going to hug you and kiss you and pinch your little cheeks for about three hours. <laughs> Boys, let's get out there and make Channel 8 a winner because we're lean. We're mean. And we're clean. Honey, I I've never actually seen you on ice skates. Um, do, do you know anything at all about hockey? I took the kids to Smurfs on Ice. What's the note? <laughs> Point is, the boys are back and we're having a good time. We're hanging out together. The boys. That's see? right. Hanging out just like the good old days. Right. That's right. One for all and all for one. Just like a Three Musketeers. Athos. Porthos. Annette. <laughs> the Mouseketeers. The Musketeers. <laughs> Guys, I have one question. Why do I have to be the goalie? Danny, come on. Goalie is the safest position on the ice. Yeah? Then why am I wearing 200 pounds of foam rubber? Joey. How fast are those pucks going, anyway? Not fast. 90, 100 miles per hour. Maybe I should just sit on the bench and make you guys some hot cocoa. <laughs> I got it. I think. Hey, Vicky. Hey. Ooh, I can't wait to see my co-host in action. Really? Guys, what are we waiting for? Hot cocoa? Let's get out of the ice. All right, let me rub your bald little heads for good luck, okay? Beth, if they don't start growing hair within a week, I'm buying them both matching baby toothpaste. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay, Deej, we're leaving. I'll be right out, Vicky. Bye, Dad. Have fun at the game. Try not to get hurt. Hey, I can take care of myself. But, Deej, if anything happens to me, I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks for giving up a Saturday to babysit, huh? Oh, it's no problem. I was supposed to go out with Steve, but he never called. It's no big deal. Okay, so he's a total hunk, but it's no big deal. Did I say that already? Because it's no big deal. Oh, and I want you to make sure Stephanie finishes her book report. And I don't want Michelle going outside because she still has the sniffles, okay? Got it. Thanks, Deej. I owe you one. You mean like one red Mustang convertible? No. No, I mean like one more big dad hug. Come here. So now we move to the kitchen where Stephanie's working on her book report at the kitchen table and Michelle comes down the stairs ready to just sniffle all in Stephanie's ear. She sits right next to Stephanie and pretty goes that, that would irritate me. It would irritate me to no end. Especially if you're trying to work on something. I mean, I get it. Michelle wants to be around her big sister. But, what is, especially if you got a cold, it's like, come on. I mean, I know she's like five years old now. But even still. Boundaries. Especially if you're sick. And as soon as Michelle does that, Stephanie, I like how she... Pulls down her glasses to the tip of her nose and just looks at Michelle over the top of the frames and asks, Michelle, do you mind? And Michelle says, no. 
And she asked, Michelle, don't you have anything better to do than sniffle in my ear? And Michelle says to her friends, like, hey, I, I, it just happens. I, I don't, I can't control this. It's, it's a sniffle. It's going to come out one way or another. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, do you mind? No. <laughs> Michelle, don't you have anything better to do than sniffle in my ear while I'm working? Not where it comes from, but this keeps coming. So the doorbell rings, and we hear from the living room as DJ says, Oh, I'll get it, you know, since she's in there anyway. And, of course, it's Steve. Yeah, this Steve sounds... He's, a, he's like, oh, Steve, hi. Like, what are you doing here? He's like, hey, you look great. He's like, yeah, you look great back. But he just comes off is arrogant and a typical jock teenager who's infatuated with a girl who's only into her looks. This is the version of Steve that I do not care for, and I'm happy we got away from this version of him before we got sweet, good-hearted Steve who only wants the best for his girlfriend, DJ. So yeah, DJ is definitely Steve. What are you doing here? I mean, I like I'm happy they're here, but seriously, what's up? And he asks, like, hey, didn't you get my note about going to the movies this Saturday? And he also mentions he gave the note to Maria to give to Kimmy to give to DJ and Homac. And Stephanie says, well, that explains why I didn't get the letter. I mean, Kimmy always ditches Homac. I'm thinking. Yeah, but it's not like, I mean, she lives right next door. It's not like you're not going to see each other at all during the day. I mean, she still could have given it to you then. Oh, oh, that means the other girl still hasn't, hasn't able, been able to give it to you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, it's 7.30 in the morning and my mind is still playing catch up. Yeah, the reason that Kimmy ditches Homek is because she figures she's going to be marry a doctor. We all know from Fuller, Fuller House that that is wrong. She marries Fernando. And uh, she says she's going to get a maid. No, she's going to live in the Tanner house. So I say, all right, whatever, let's go to the movies. And she says, okay, great, we're out of here. And then she realizes, no, I'm not. I have my two sisters that are here home alone. I can't leave them by themselves. I have to babysit. Okay, I think DJ is also now in the running for worst outfit of the episode. It is a black top with large red roses and little blue flowers. And I don't like this at all on her. Seems like, oh man, that's too bad. And DJ Rubens, oh, wait, Hill, I can go. Don't worry about it. It's okay. And Steve looks at her like, wait a minute. I thought you said you had to babysit. And she turns this date into a babysitting job. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll bring my little sisters with us. And Steve looks at her like, we will. And DJ's already headed to the kitchen saying, oh, you know what? You'll love them. They're so adorable. Hi, back. You look great. Thanks. Well, it's nice to see you. What are you doing here? Didn't you get my note about going to the movies? 
I gave it to Maria to give to Kimmy to give to you and Home Ec. Oh, no wonder I didn't get it. Kimmy always ditches Home Ec. She says she's gonna marry a doctor and get a maid. <laughs> hey, let's go to the movies. Great, we're out of here. Wait, I'm not out of here. I have to babysit. Oh, too bad. No, wait. I can go. What about babysitting? Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's no problem because we'll take my little sisters with us. Your little sisters? Oh, you'll love them. They're adorable. Wait till you see them. Yeah, we can already see that Steve is not about this. He is not into having a date with someone and then having their two annoying, you know, sisters come with. Well, I don't want to call the girls annoying. I mean, yeah, they kind of can be, but for a teenage boy that's looking to get his Mac on, <laughs> this is not an ideal situation. But um, DJ does not waste any time running into that kitchen saying, all right, get your coats on. We're going to the movies. And... <laughs> Michelle is all about obeying Danny. Danny told her, honey, you cannot go outside today. You need to stay in the house. You're still sick. And she says, I can't leave the house. Dad said. And Sammy's got to get that book report done. I wonder what that book report is on. She barely throws their coats at them. Like, put on your coats and act adorable. And DJ says, well, Dad's not here. I'm here. That makes me dad and me in charge. And Stephanie points out, yes, until the real dad returns, it makes you grounded. DJ, the, yeah, you know this is not going to work out. DJ is just all about Steve. So you don't get it, Stephanie, okay? The hottest guy in the junior class is in our living room right now. He can grow a mustache in less than a week. I don't think we ever saw Steve with a mustache, which is just as well, because I don't know if he could pull it off. It's one thing you can grow a mustache, great, but can you pull off the mustache? Can you make it work? Eh. <laughs> uh, but she is just land of Steve. Just wait until they start dating and they are just so, so involved with each other, which young teenage love. She says he can grow a mustache in less than a month, and he has his own car. And the fact is, I mean, DJ's a freshman in high school, I thought. Because at the end of season four, she was going to be... Well, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. No, because I think high school for her is 10th through... 11th grade, because junior high for her, I guess, would be like 7, 8, and 9, whereas for me, high school was 9 through 12, junior high was 6 through 8. And, yeah, she said, you know, at the end of season 4, she was starting junior, so, okay, she and Steve are only, that's right, they're only about a year apart. So, she's a sophomore, he's a junior. I was going to say, if she's a freshman, and they don't. I guess they don't have that at that school, apparently. I don't know. But, yeah. Danny's rules out the window. She's going to do whatever she has to to make this movie date happen. And that means taking a sick kid 
and a child with a book report responsibility out of the house for a couple, 90 minutes. They're going to go see... Well, let's find out. Okay, we're going to the movies. Put on your coats and act adorable. I cannot leave the house. Dad, Dad. Dad's not here. I'm in charge. That makes me Dad. Until the real Dad comes back and makes you grounded. You don't get it. The hottest guy in the junior class is in our living room. He has his own car. And he can grow a mustache in less than a month. So Steve, of course, he comes into the kitchen and he's all like, are you sure you want to do this? Any other guy would have said, you know what, maybe another time and would have left. Honestly, if I could, if we could erase this version of Steve and just have the Steve that we know in season six, I would be cool with that. Because when she introduces Steve to the family, she says, oh yeah, we went out a couple times. This is the only time of one of those two times that we actually see her with Steve. But I just, I dislike this version of him so much. I wish we could just wipe the slate clean and start fresh, which is what they did. That's probably why they gave him a different last name. <laughs> like, okay, this is Steve 2.0. I know you're not a fan of Steve 1.0, but here's Steve 2.0. And he is a sweetheart of a guy. He's funny. He's a jock. He really likes DJ, and he's really good to her. Whereas this guy is all about wrecking all of the movies, which, no, 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 no. I don't think so. That You want to do that stuff? You do that in the privacy of your home. home. Well, you don't take that out into the public and do that in a movie theater. So, DJ introduces Stephanie and Michelle to Steve. Mich Michelle right away is like, let's see you grow a mustache. I want to see. I want you to make that happen. Let's see if it takes you a month. Or, as DJ says, less than a month. He does kind of smirk at that response there. Plays all uh, interrogation here. And she, because she is much shorter than Steve, but she is able to put her hand on his shoulder as she walks around him and says, Oh, not that I don't trust you, Steve Arino, but uh, can she puts her palm up. Can I see your driver's license? I'm thinking, yeah. Um, I would have serious qualms about them getting in a car with someone they don't know, even if DJ's with them. DJ, you just met this guy. You've probably seen him around school, but what do you really know about him? You don't know anything about his driving record. And you're going to let yourself, which, however... But your two younger sisters get into a car with a guy you basically kind of just invited into your home, which, yeah. You know if Danny were here, he would not be allowing that. And DJ just tracks this up, too. Oh, I told you they were adorable. And Steve says, hey, we got to get going. Uh... Thunder Raceway starts in half an hour. Um, and apparently the movie is PG, and if you are a 80s kid, 90s, like me, 
you know, PG back in the day didn't always mean for kids, basically. I mean, I think, if I could be wrong here, but, uh, yeah, there were some movies that were rated PG because they did not have the PG-13 rating. Let's see here. What was 16 Candles rated? It was rated... Are they not put ratings on IMDb anymore? What in the world? Uh, rated PG, yes. Um, and that movie does show some um, inappropriate for younger viewers' eyes images in that movie. So, hmm. And when he says Thunder Raceway, I don't know why, but I do get, like, a Tom Cruise type of movie, like, Days of Thunder type of feel, which, I don't know if that was rated PG or not either. But anyway, now that I think about just the amount of movies that Tom Cruise has been in, even at that point, up till now, it's just staggeringly huge resume. And Stephanie's the one to call him out, like, whoa, 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 wait, Thunder Raceway? I believe that movie is rated PG. Parental guidance suggested, and since neither of you is my father, or Uncle Jesse or Joey, I'm not going with you, and neither is Michelle. No parents, no guidance, no go. And apparently the only G-rated movie out at that time was called The Littlest Sea Lion, which kind of makes me think of 1994's Andre about the seal that's based on a true story. Uh, there's another one that was by Chuck Jones. He did a lot of animated films back in, like, the 70s. It called The White Seal. I saw this in second grade. Yes, it's from 75. It's like a 20. It's not even a real movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to turn off this alarm or it's going to go off again. So, I remember, yeah, watching this in second grade, and there is a scene, because it deals with seals and, you know, those out there that want to hurt seals. But this is just such a cute, cute movie. Aside from that other, that scary scene. But yeah, he did a lot. Yeah, like, uh, I remember Ricky Ticky Tabby. Also, uh, Rupert Kip, Kip, the man who did the Jungle Book movie. There's also Mowgli's Brothers. A Cricket in Times Square. Oh my gosh, did they have a lot of sequels for that. But yeah, the same Chuck Jones. I actually have the Chuck Jones collection. And it's got Mowgli's Brothers, White Seal, and Ricky Ticky Tabby in it. But when she said The Littlest Sea Lion, that's exactly my mind went to The White Seal. Which I think those may even be on YouTube if you wanted to check them out. And when DJ says the only G-rated movie out right now is a little sea lion, and Michelle's eyes are like, oh! 
oh my gosh oh the the little science line i i've been oh oh my gosh i would i would give anything to see that movie and stephanie also Hurry. oh the little sea lion goes <laughs> the look that steve gives tj is why is he even there i'm surprised he didn't say look tj why don't we do this another time all right you clearly can't take your sisters out of the house and you're clearly occupied with babysitting so i'm just we're gonna do this another day when you're not uh tied to the house at the moment because he yeah he looks at her like are you kidding me right now really you think i want to go watch a kid's movie and DJ even apologizes, like, oh, I'm so sorry about this. It's like, ugh. She is going to the end of the earth and back for this guy. For this version of Steve that I don't like. So, yeah, Steve's got one thing on his mind, and that's macking with DJ, because he says, oh, you know, that's all right. You know, uh, hopefully we won't even be watching the movie. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> And, of course, Michelle's like, oh, why not? And DJ's like, okay, enough questions. Let's get in the car. So I don't know whether, because he says, okay, this they don't even know when the little sea lion starts up. Because you don't have an app on your phone, can't check movie times. You either have to check in local daily newspaper or call the movie phone number and this is before, I think it's before, because after a while, they would have to do, I remember calling movie theaters and trying to find out the times. You had to go through all of the movies until eventually they came up with a system where it's like, if you want to see blah, 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 press one, two, four. If you want to see Jungle Book, press one, five, six or something to that effect. But before, I just remember just like, oh, we got to go through 10 movies before we get to the movie that I want to see. Because my dad didn't just subscribe to the newspaper. We just got that from Grandpa and Grandma. He just looked through there. It's like, why, why, why get a subscription to the newspaper when I can go read one for free a mile away? pretty much just gonna go there and hope that one's playing within 20 minutes of arriving that's honestly the thing is with people nowadays going to the movies we have so many ways for you to pre-order your tickets ahead of time check movie times and people still are like i gotta hurry up i gotta get into my movies just about to start First of all, the advertised showtime does not mean the movie starts at that time. It means you have at least 15 to 20 minutes of previews. I was always worried, like, I gotta get in there. It's gonna start in five minutes. Guys, note. If you are going to see a movie, you gotta make sure, if you're not pre-ordering your tickets, you gotta make sure you give yourself enough time. Luckily, there are... I don't know if all theaters do this. There are now kiosks for you to pre-order your tickets. I'm sorry I'm turning this into a... <laughs> but, um, yeah, arrive with plenty of time. I think a lot of those people are like, Oh, I gotta get in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be late for the movie. And I'm not trying to criticize anyone, you know. You do you. But give yourself enough time to get there, get tickets, and get in line. Because it's summertime now. Kids are out of school, going to the movies. You got to make sure you got time to get through the line and get through. Not just the popcorn line, 
but also the line to uh, <laughs> check out and all that good stuff. So, yeah, just because we can't make it go any faster for you. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm not trying to criticize anybody. It's like you want to see a movie that's awesome, but do yourself a favor. Give yourself plenty of time to get there. You don't need to run <laughs> traffic lights or stop signs. The movie's still going to be there. It's going to be okay. Yeah, and Stephanie already claims the front seat. It's like, I don't think so. You're clearly going to be sitting in the back with your sister. And they're lucky they... At Michelle's age, she's five. Do you really think she would need a... Would she be, in 2022, needing a booster seat? Because I know that kids... Is, how do they go by weight, age? What's a cutoff age or weight for one of those giant booster seats? Because I've seen kids that look like they're eight or nine years old sitting in a booster. Well, I haven't actually in real life seen the you know, pictures and whatnot. Of, but it's just like, what's the cutoff age? Doing this just to be the annoying. She's like, oh, want to hear something amazing? And she's like, yeah, sure, kid. And he, she crooks her finger like, come closer. He bends his ear down and she like... <sighs> Right in his ear. It's like, girl, now she's using it to be annoying. Now she'll, at first she's like, I don't know. It just keeps coming. I can't stop it. And now she's like, she can do it, like, with the drop of a hat. Yeah, she runs, Michelle runs out of the kitchen, and Steve just looks at DJ like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. <sighs> Dude, you had every opportunity to back out and say, hey, let's do this another time. But I guess, what, he had no other dating prospects and he really likes DJ, so he's willing to put up with his, her two sisters, I guess. And then DJ says, <laughs> I told you they were adorable. <laughs> I gotta say also, I am not a fan of Steve's hair. Oh my, it, it looks like that um, wig that he tried to pull off in Fuller House when, and I haven't covered the episode, I think it's called, like, two dates or something and Steve tries to wear because in Fuller House you know Steve's older he's like 40 so his hair is thinning and he wants to go back to those 90s when he had a full thick you know good amount of hair and he wears this horrible wig and I'm like it definitely does look a lot like what he's got going on now I just, oh, I love his hair in season six. And season seven, it only gets better from there. Are you sure you want to do this? Oh, sure, I'm sure. Girls, come with me. I'd like you to meet a very good friend of mine. Steve, these are my sisters, Stephanie and Michelle. Let's see you grow a mustache. <laughs> Not that I don't trust you, Steve Arino. license. I told you they are adorable. Well, we better get going. Thunder Raceway starts in a half hour. Thunder Raceway? I believe that's rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. No parents, no guidance, no go. <laughs> no, Steph, give me a break. The only G-rated movie out is The Little Sea Lion. <laughs> I've been dying to see that. Yeah, me too. I, I watch it. The Little Sea Lion goes... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm really sorry about this. Hey, it's all right. Hopefully, we won't even be watching the movie. Why not? <laughs> okay, no more questions, everybody in the car. I got the front seat. No, you don't. You're something amazing. No. Oh, that's annoying. I told you they were adorable. <laughs> All right, so we're at the movies. We see a person in the ticket booth. We see someone running the concession stand. We see Michelle and Stephanie with... And it's interesting because, you know, they got drinks. They got the cup of popcorn and they got a handful of other things and Stephanie actually kind of takes an inventory of um, what they all purchased with okay I'm getting into this why did DJ give them money yeah and odds are if well I mean sometimes people will get popcorn or candy or something or pizza to take, you know, if they're on their lunch break, they're not necessarily coming to see a movie. Which, I mean, you can do that, too. Like, but there's going to be someone at the podium before you even get to the concession stand. Or at least where I work, that's how they do it. But you'd think DJ would be like, alright, let me get the tickets, and then we'll see what we have left. Maybe you two can split a popcorn and a drink. So she's like, all right, we got popcorn, we got mints, which I'm guessing maybe junior mints. Maybe they just can't say junior mints. Uh, licorice. I'm hoping that they got Twizzlers and not Red Vines, because I am not about Red Vines. Not a fan of them. To each their own, of course. I know there are Red Vine lovers out there. That's wonderful. I'm a strawberry Twizzlers all the way. Although I do like the orange cream ones are not bad as well. And she also got bonbons, which are like a, what a chocolate. There are they're not like goobers, right? They're they're not like a chocolate covered peanut. Since being raisinets, basically. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's got one, two, three, four things of candy. And I assume she's sharing those with... This movie's, like, probably not just a smidge under 90 minutes long, right? Why are they getting candy? Like, they're watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy and prequel trilogy. Because that's what this looks like, looks like they're setting up shop for. Like, hey, we're going to be here for a bit. You are going to be that candy, I swear. Even between the two of them, you're going to make yourself sick. When <laughs> we see licorice on Michelle, how much money was given? And why were they given the money? We also see candy behind them that looks like, oh, it, I think it is. I think it's peanut M&M's. I see the, well, you can just see the peanut part of it. Nacha, girl, Michelle, you, you got so much candy and popcorn. You have no room on your tray for nachos. Apparently, that's where Stephanie draws the line. Like, Michelle, come on, seriously, let's not be pigs. We still have to eat dinner later. 
Oh gosh, how's that going to work? They're both full from candy and popcorn. They're not going to have any appetite for dinner. No one's supposed to know they went to the movies. Okay, we got drinks, popcorn, mints, licorice, chocolate raisins, and of course, bonbons. We forgot the nachos. Michelle, let's not be pigs. So DJ was waiting in line to get tickets. And she goes over real quick, like, hey, Steph, where's my change? And uh, Stephanie says, yeah, if I had any change left, I would have bought not go Stephanie! DJ, you don't give these children money and say, go have at it at the concession stand? That's not how you do it. Luckily for, I mean, for us, concession stand is mainly just, it's popcorn. And then uh, we also make pretzel bites. But anything else you want, candy... Uh, chips, drinks, that's all self-serve. It's kind of a cafeteria-style setting, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, also, you know, Pizza Hut. We got a little Pizza Hut thing going on, so you can get pizza. You, We do have nachos available, which is cool, too. So, a lot of different hot dogs. That's another thing we got available, which is really cool. You know, we want their nachos, their hot dogs. You know, definitely sometimes pizza. It just depends on what you're into. Sometimes you don't want popcorn. Maybe you do want popcorn, and you want something else. It's like, hey, this is my dinner tonight. This is my lunch. This is my... Breakfast at 10 a.m. I'm getting Twizzlers. <laughs> Someone actually, yeah, it's like, oh, this is my breakfast. Like, hey, hey, I've done it too, man. Don't, don't, there ain't no shame in that. No shame. So, DJ goes over to Steve. She's like, oh, Steph. Hey, Steve. She asks this nice man with a couple kids to hold their place in line. It does not look that big. Oh, we do see the littlest sea lion up there. And she pulls Steve out of line and it's like, Steve, this is really embarrassing, but I don't have enough money to pay for my sisters. And Steve, of course, figured this was just a date for him and DJ, so he only brought money for the two of them. Whether he brought money for concessions, who knows. He's like, yeah, but I only brought money for the two of us. And he's like, look, maybe this isn't what, we can do something else. And Kimmy... Actually has a job there. Like, you know, she just started working here. Maybe she'll have an idea. We'll see. And, of course, Steve's like, yeah, that's a first. Because <laughs> he's well aware of Kimmy's, uh, yeah. Can't trust her to be there when a note needs to be delivered. Lord of the odds, she's going to keep this job. Honestly, now that I think about it, other than the new Smash Club, I think this is the only job that we ever see Kimmy at. Other than the new Smash Club. Steph, where's my change? Change? If there was any money left, I would have bought nachos. Oh, Steph. Excuse me, could you save our place? Thanks. Steve, this is really embarrassing, but I don't have enough money to pay for my sisters. I only have enough for us. Hey, maybe we should just forget the whole thing. No, no, wait. Um, why don't you just buy our tickets? Kimmy just started working here. Maybe she'll have an idea. That'll be a first. <laughs> so, when Stephanie's saying change, if there's any money left, I would have bought nachos. I'm trying to figure out what exactly is this Olsen twin, either Mary-Kate or Ashley, playing Michelle. What is she kind of, she's staring off at something off screen. And I don't know whether it's, you know, the her acting coach, 
her other twin, her mother, some kids over on the side there doing whatever, but she's looking at somebody. And I'm just thinking of, you know, this is just non-brand name snacks because you don't see the brand names at all. Oh, oh, I think something like this. You would either get a major talking to by saying this to a guest or you would get fired. Because she at first she's all like, oh, enjoy the show. Enjoy the littlest sea lion. And then she, you know, rips their, this is way before, they don't do this anymore. Ripping up tickets to, and checking them. You basically, you scan them with a scanner and it shows up on a screen. So that way you can tell them. Okay, auditorium such and such, you're going to go that way, or uh, auditorium, you're going to turn left, you know, left or right, depending on what auditorium they're in. And she yells at them, try not to spill anything, I'm the one that has to clean up. Maybe they doubled up on duties back then, because it does look like a small theater, whereas not only is she a ticket taker, but she's also an usher. No, there are different, lots of different people for different, there are so many roles in a movie theater. You have the person work, working the box office. You have a person at um, podium taking tickets. You have people working concessions. You have cashiers. You have ushers. <clears throat> you got so many people running the show with so many different jobs. You got people making the pizzas. You got people in the concessions and working on hot dogs. It's just, there are so many different roles when it comes to no one person is doing 500 different things. I mean, you're not going to work at the podium and then go and be an usher and help clean theaters. They have a whole team of ushers to do that. So your main focus is your one main job. I mean, myself, I can do one thing, and then when it's not busy, I can be, you know, keeping the lobby clean, or like, hey, let me jump in the stand and help someone with popcorn real quick, because there's, you know, I mean, it's not always going to be just one person at a register, there's going to be multiples, especially summertime you're gonna have a lot more people coming through in the middle of the afternoon and the morning and stuff like that so you gotta have all hands on deck <laughs> but her comment of hey don't spill anything i have to clean up in there you would get disciplined for uh you even yelling you would either get written up or you may get fired. You are not talking to a customer or as we refer to them, guests. You don't talk to them like that. And it's not like the guy turned around and said, excuse me. They were already like well into the auditorium. <laughs> so <laughs> We see uh, a blonde mullet haired guy. And the thing is, she's her outfit is basically... A cotton candy or bubblegum pink vest with a little bow tie. And she's got a matching pink scrunchie. It's really cute. Um, I remember when Jeremy worked at a video store starting out, he actually had to wear a uniform that 
you know, was a bow tie and a vest. Or was it a tie? Maybe it was a bow. I, I don't know. But luckily, by the time I got there, that whole thing was done. Even when, um, with my job now, it's like, no, you're wearing a shirt with the uh, company logo on it. You're not wearing... I mean, the higher-ups, of course, you know, those in management come in, dress nice with the slacks and the shoes, and sometimes they wear, will wear, you know, uh, suit jackets and ties and stuff like that. Really, you know, dress the part of a management position. And that's another thing, along with the uniform, if you're working in, in the concession stand, it's like, you gotta wear an apron, you gotta wear a hat. Or you can wear hairnet. Those are, you know, health code violations. Also, you're handling food, you gotta have gloves on and all that. That's just, that's how it's gotta be. So, yeah. That's the thing. You, you have a whole team of people making that theater run. It's never just gonna be one person wearing multiple hats and doing multiple, multiple duties. So, DJ goes over to Kimmy. He's like, Kimmy, we gotta talk. And Kimmy's like, I know, you're here with Steve Peters. Why'd you bring the Rugrats with you? And she asks, like, look, don't worry about that. Um, It's a long story anyway. You wouldn't be interested. Can I borrow ten bucks from you? And Kimmy's like, sure, Um, but my purse is in my locker, which I can't get to because it's in a break room. <laughs> and if I leave my podium, kids will try to sneak in. Yeah, they don't want you leaving your podium regardless unless you have someone to cover you. Like, hey, can I go for a sec and get something? Like, they were like, you should have done that at your... I mean, whether or not she's got it stuck in an employee locker with a lock on it, that's... An, <laughs> Like, you caught me at a bad time, I do not have time. People, I mean, I, I think most people, depending on the type of wallet you have, would probably have it on them regardless. It's like, sure, it can be in a, in a locker, but uh, I would rather prefer, especially like what? What if you want to grab something on your break? Luckily, I mean, those of us out there that have iPhones and do have the, you know, Apple Pay and, or even Google Pay or however. You got it on your phone, so you don't always have to, you know, rely on your wallet. I mean, you do if you're driving somewhere, but, um... Can you imagine if you could put your driver's license into your Apple wallet? That would be like, well, I don't even need my wallet anymore. I got everything here on my phone. Because the phones have so much stuff on them. We rely on them so, so much. But, yeah, I mean, I would be having my wallet on me. I would not be sticking it in a locker. It's like, what if you need to get something? What if you want to get something on your break so that we don't have to go? Yeah, you'd have to go back to your locker, get your wallet, go back up, wait in line, purchase something. You're eating up your break time, basically. Yeah. That is the magic word of the day. Kids will sneak in. DJ says, Kimmy, you're a genius. That's the that that's it. That's what we're gonna do. I need you to sneak my sisters in. And apparently this is Kimmy's first day on the job because she's like, You're asking me to commit a <laughs> Yeah, she can't believe it. Like, you're asking me to commit a crime my first day on the job? 
And DJ's all like, so you won't do it? And yeah, she's like, I'm shocked. And DJ asks, what, you won't do it? Well, I mean, yeah, I'll do it. But, I mean, of course, I, I'm shocked. It's like, great, great. Well, yeah. But you'll do it. That's the main thing, right? You're good. Thank We're good? Cool. Like, DJ! She's just... Ugh. She is... I can't... All she wants to do is be with Steve, and she's doing whatever she has to. It's just like the same thing with DJ's horse. She had to rope in Kimmy, like, Kimmy, hey, we'll have our own horse. How about, isn't that so cool? It's like, yeah, we got money for the first month to feed the horse, but after that, I don't know. And Kimmy didn't even want the horse to begin with. She was about shopping. But she, she was also, you know, lying about where she'd been. We're not talking about DJ's four stars. We're talking about DJ pulling Kimmy in for Kimmy to end up losing her job. And the fact that the way that DJ's like, you're not going to do it? Like, why not? Kimmy, I've done it. so many things for you. She says, thanks. You're my hero. Let's see, uh, we got frozen yogurt, gourmet cookies, international coffee, and pretzels. And I can't see the prices. So, yeah, they kind of got a little Starbucks deal going on. I'm trying to think, do we have cookies? Yes, we do! We have those, those Pizza Hut whole cookies or cookie slices. That's right, I forgot about that. Let's see, frozen yogurt, mm, we have like ice cream and like that Minute Maid strawberry whatever thing, I guess that could be similar to yogurt in some way. Pretzels, we got pretzel bites, both salty and cinnamon sugar. So yeah, we pretty much got the same stuff they got. We got a little Starbucks thing going on as well, so... Not a full Starbucks menu, but like a third of what Starbucks has. And as long as they got caramel frappuccinos, I'm all I'm all for that. That's all I need is my caramel frapp. Steve comes over and is like, hey, I got our tickets. And DJ's like, alright, let's go. And then, because <laughs> Stephanie and Michelle are there, Kimmy tells them, oh, you're our one millionth customer. <laughs> go right on in. Yeah, when she says, oh, go right on in, Stephanie's like, well, wait a minute, where's our stubs? Well, let me see, Steph, were you handed tickets? You weren't? Well, then you have no stubs. Why would Kevin have the stubs? <laughs> and why would she give them to you? You want your stubs, you'd go to, D you'd be asking DJ, like, where are our tickets? Where's our stubs? And that's the thing. I mean, even though some people still use, you know, get paper tickets and stuff when they're ordering from box office or the kiosks, a lot of people order their tickets online, so it's going to be right on your phone, so you don't got to worry about a piece of paper falling out of your pocket and wondering, like, where my I go? What seat am I in? What auditorium am I in? They got five showings of Elvis and Minions. I don't know which one to go to. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, they got, like, the showtimes and stuff like that as well. So that way you'll know, like, well, let's see. Let me check out the time. Okay, it's 1.20 and my movie starts at, like, 
two o'clock, so, oh, there it is. That's the one I'm going to. So it's relatively pretty easy to be able to know which way you're going. And people are pointing you in the right direction regardless. It's like, oh, which way do I? It's like, you're going down this way, and then you're going to make a left or a right at the end of the hallway. Okay, so when Stephanie asks, where's our stubs? DJ is the one that comes up like, oh, you, you don't need any. And apparently, yeah, Kimmy's got to come up with this on the fly. Uh, apparently, you're the one millionth customer. And Stephanie's like, oh, wow, one millionth customer? What do I win? A new car? And Kimmy's like, uh, no, you win a free pass for you and a guest. And Stephanie's like, hmm, who should I take? And Michelle's like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? You're taking me. I'm right next to you. While you're doing this, you're holding up the line for other people who want to get into the movie theater. Can we kind of shove along? Just grab Michelle and go into the theater. Other people want to get into. Michelle says, what are you nuts? Take me. I'm like, let's go. Come on. Keep the line moving. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Don't spill anything. I'm the one that has to clean up. Hey, Kimmy, we need to talk. I know. You're with Steve Peters. So why'd you bring those rugrats? I had no choice. Hey, can I borrow ten bucks? Yeah, sure. But I can't get it right now. I'm on duty. If I leave, kids will sneak in. Kimmy, that's the answer. You have to sneak my sisters in. What? You're asking me to commit a crime my first day on the job? I'm shocked. You want me to do it? Well, of course I'll do it. But I'm still shocked. <laughs> Thanks, you're my hero. Thank you. Come on, Michelle. I got our tickets. Great. Thank you. Enjoy the show. You too. Go right on in. Hold it. Where's our stubs? Uh, you don't need any. Tell him, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because you're the one millionth customer. I'm the one millionth customer? All right. What do I win? A new car? No, you win a free pass for you and a guest. Oh, let's see. Who should I take? But are you nuts? Take me. Come on. Let's go. Keep the line moving. Thank you. So, they go to find some seats. You know, this is back when you could choose your own. Go in there and you just have a bunch of options. Nowadays, of course, I'm pretty sure the majority of theaters do have the you pick your seat out as you're buying your ticket, which makes sense in a way now. I mean, at first when I found out theaters were doing that, I was a little, I don't know why I was irritated. I just don't know why. But eventually I was like, oh, okay. So, and the the trip, I mean, for me is normally, if I'm going a lot of the times, you know, before I start working at a theater, um, I would go in early, like a day or so before, and get my tickets ahead of time. It just made it easier, so that way I have a better chance of getting the seats I like. I usually like to sit in the last row, way in the back, and yeah. They go down there, and DJ finds a row for them, and Steve's the first one to sit down, 
And then here come Stephanie and Michelle. Stephanie sits right on the end, right next to Steve. And then Michelle sits on his other side. And Mich Stephanie says, ah, oh, this is cozy. And DJ's like, uh, no, 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 no. It'll be even cozier when you two sit behind us. Let's go. I would have been like, no, you two move down just a little bit. Yeah, she has them sit behind them. And she says, oh, enjoy the little sea lion. See you when it's over. So, yeah, the, Stephanie and Michelle are going to sit right next to this guy and his young child. Wow. <laughs> as soon as DJ sits down, the lights go out. Immediately, Stephanie starts talking in uh, a right, a Pink Panther cartoon. It's like, girl, chill. Okay? <laughs> no one's telling her to shush. Which, I mean, it's cool to be excited and stuff like that. But he's like, oh, wow, a pink. It's like, come on now. Indoor voices, sweetie. Then she starts, even I think Michelle starts doing it along with Stephanie. They're just being extremely, that would irritate me. I can imagine that other people will be telling him to be quiet. I mean, granted, yes, it's just a little, it's almost like before the Disney, you know, movies, they'll do like a Pixar short or something like that. But somebody's like, duh. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And she's not doing it quietly either. Like, you know, quietly, like, above a whisper. Or a whisper. It's like she's being extra annoying. And I know she's doing it to DJ and Steve. It's like, sweetie, you're in a public place. There are a lot of people around you that want to watch this. They don't need to hear your commentary. And DJ, even over his shoulder, is like, shh, I'm warning you. Not another peep. And both Michelle and Stephanie are like, peep! Yeah, they're being... I'm surprised the dad with the kid in the same row as them isn't saying, can you kids be quiet? That's why DJ should have had the girls in the same row with her. It's like, Michelle there, Stephanie there. So she could keep, you know, basically babysitting, but it's just like, here you go. Just... Sit behind me where I can't see you. So, <laughs> Stephanie is like, Michelle, watch this. Watch. He's going to put his arm around DJ. He's getting closer, closer, closer. As we see Steve's hand just barely touch DJ's shoulders. Michelle's like, DJ, watch out. And it's like, okay, that's it. No, you guys back row right now. See, if DJ just had him in the same role, we would I don't think we would have had an issue with um what's gonna happen right after. See that when Michelle says that Steve immediately pulls his arm away and starts fixing his hair. Jesse moment. Or maybe this is just a guy, teenage guy thing. I'm surprised that dad isn't saying something or he didn't move his seat with his kid. Because DJ's like, that's it, you two in the back row right now. Move it, move it, move it. Stephanie Gibson has like, how rude. No, Stephanie. I'm sorry for the, you know, I like Stephanie, but this would annoy anybody. 
like, no, sweetie, you're being rude. You're being very dis- disruptive and disrespectful to the other moviegoers. Regardless, it's not the movie. It's a short. But still, people are watching it, and you're disrupting. You're making a... Ugh. DJ, now that her uh, troublemaking sisters are not behind them, she sits back down and says, okay, where were we? And Steve puts his arm around her and says, oh, I think we were right about here. (sighs) Apparently it's all about DJ. Like, I gotta bring the two tag-alongs. Because I'm supposed to quote-unquote babysit, but she's not really babysitting because the kids are not even anywhere near her now. What line? (laughs) Thank you. How's this? Perfect. Cozy. It'll be even cozier when you two move behind us. Come on, right now. Let's go. Enjoy the little sea lion. See you when it's over. Alright, a big panther cartoon! <laughs> until the movie's over. Pete. I mean it. Watch this, Michelle. He's gonna put his arm around DJ. He's getting closer and closer. DJ, watch out! <laughs> That's it. You two in the back row right now. Come on. Move it, move it, move it. How rude. Now, where were we? I think we were right about here. So I was just thinking of the seats that they're sitting in, which it's not like they're sitting in, like, wooden chairs in, like, a 1960s movie theater. I don't know what their seats conditions were, but I am so happy. I don't know if all theaters have uh, jumped on the comfy recliner seat train yet but let me tell you I mean it is nice I mean you got your foot rest some you know the one I work at anyway has a nice little table attached to it so you can set your drink and popcorn and all that it's got seat warmers <laughs> for the winter time when you're like I don't know how ma- I couldn't even tell you how many people bring in blankets or you know throws or, or or something it's just wow so many people bring in it's like yeah they want all the comforts of home in a movie theater in their movie watching experience on the big screen like well i got a nice recliner i can put the feet up i can recline back a little bit i can have the seat nice and warm although i mean there are three heating modes on that don't go to three don't have it all the way up to three because if you do your butt's going to be on fire i usually try to balance between one and two i remember the first time i even discovered that the seats actually did warm i think somebody must have left their theirs on when i sat because after a while i'm like why is my seat warm? I'm kind of looking over 
And other people are thinking, are they having the same issue I'm having? I'm like, why is my, what? <laughs> and then I look like, oh, there's little three lit up dots on the side of, oh my gosh, that was an experience. So, okay, we do have the manager come in with a flashlight. And he is checking. There are a lot of children there without parents. So clearly it's one of those, I'll drop you off at the movies. I'll pick you up in two hours type of deal. That, to me, I mean, I'm not saying that for all kids, honestly. Some, you know, some are responsible to go to the movie. They have a good time. But there are others that they're rowdy. They're disruptive. And it's just like, you know, the theater is not there to babysit your children. Your children should be, if they're going to the movie by themselves, that should mean that you should be able to trust them to be able to go to the movie and not cause problems. But when you get a group of rowdy kids, especially, you know, not all teenagers, but some of them, you just kind of are like, what problems are these kids going to cause? But it turns out he's got an issue with some kids that are, you know, bouncing back and forth between theaters. So he's checking ticket stuff, just make sure the kids are in the correct theater. This guy is really, really polite. He's like, oh, excuse me, young ladies, I'm sorry to bother you, but we have been having children sneaking into other theaters, so can I please check your ticket stubs? Stephanie says, oh, we don't need any. I'm the one millionth customer, and this is my guest, one million and one. She could have easily just said, uh, my, our stubs are with my older sister down there. And then what? DJ could have said, oh, where are the ticket stubs? Give them to me. Oh, here are their tickets right here. <laughs> but then he were like, okay, well, can I see your tickets? Yeah, and then the, the, but Stephanie pretty much told her stuff. But, I mean, that's what she was told by Kimmy. And, yes, I know Kimmy is not the brightest tool in the shed sometimes, but, Stephanie figured, you know, she's an employee here. Why would she lie about this policy? <laughs> one millionth and one. Steph, you gotta let go of this whole, I bet we want a new car, Michelle. Let's go. So just as Kimmy is coming in, which I'm surprised that she's coming in to begin with exactly, unless someone told her, like, you start going around these theaters and checking tickets. I mean, the movie hasn't started yet because I would be irritated. Like, great, someone's sneaking in the theater and now they got to come in with a flashlight and check tickets. See, that's why they have people at podiums to scan your ticket, whether it's on your phone, whether you have a, or a physical ticket, so they can tell you not only where you need to go, but it counts it in the system to prove that you're there, that you have a ticket. Simple, simple. But then again, if these kids are buying tickets, I he says we have kids switching theaters. So they're buying a ticket for one movie, and then they're going to another movie. Has anyone ever done that? I remember a couple times, because I was 17. Was I 17? No. What was 16? Not yet 17. I don't know. Anyway, um, I want to see <laughs> Cruel Intentions in the theater. And I said, like, originally that I was going to see, I thought the first one was, I think it was The Other Sister. And then the second time I saw Cruel Intentions in the theater, I, I said that I was seeing 
Stepmom. I actually did see Stepmom in the theater, so that was fun. I was like, you already saw that movie. Ah, I'm seeing it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. This are this wasted candy and popcorn and drink. Unless the girls ate it on the drive home. So, taking Michelle and Stephanie out of there. DJ unaware, of course, because she's busy having her Mac out time with uh, Steve over here, that the guilty party, whoever kids were switching theaters, get to stay there. <laughs> and Kimmy comes down and shines a flashlight right in DJ and Steve's face. Like, oh, pardon me, smooch away. <laughs> and DJ's like, Kimmy, what's up? What are you Turns out, yeah, my manager just took your sisters to his office. And then she says, they better not squeal on me. <laughs> Next scene, D uh, Stephanie is spelling out G-I-B-B-L-E-R, Gibbler. Uh-huh, she's completely selling Kimmy out, which, not surprised. Oh, Kimmy made a fool out of me? Well, I'm going to throw her under the bus. And it's, I mean, the dad right there with his kid right behind DJ and Steve's seat, I'd be like, excuse me? Can you stop doing that? I took my child to see this adorable kids movie about a seal, and now we have to contend with you two making out. You want to do that? Do that out in the parking lot. But you don't bring that into the theater with a bunch of little kids. There's a time and place to make out, and it is not in a movie theater. I went to many a movie with my husband before he and I got married. Did we make out in the theater? Absolutely not. Absolutely. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just, no. Nah. Kiss? Quick kiss? Maybe. Full on macking? Uh-uh. No. That is not the time. That is not the place. You do that in your privacy of your own home, in your own, in front of your own television, or in a car, or out in a parking lot, or whatever. But you don't bring that into a movie theater. Especially around little kids. They came to see a movie, not two teenagers. Giving in to each other's hormones. Just as Kimmy comes around and shines the flashlight, you hear the audience go, Woo! But one guy's like, oh! Sorry. Oh, wait. Smooch away. It's like, well, you already interrupted them with this flashlight. You might as well let them know what's going on. Yeah, and DJ's where he's like, oh, man, if he calls my dad, I'm dead. I'd be like, well, nobody's home at the moment. So if he calls, he's just going to get it. Well, an answering machine if they have one. And of course, Kimmy's like, you're dead. I could lose my job. She probably does lose her job. I wouldn't be surprised. We never hear about Kimmy having this job later on. Kimmy says, they better not squeal on me. Right away, cut to Stephanie spelling out Kimmy Gibbler's name as the manager's writing it down. Uh, excuse me, young ladies. I'm sorry to bother you. We've uh, had some kids switching theaters. Could I uh, check your ticket stops? We don't need any. I'm the one million customer, and this is my guest. One million than what? <laughs> You better come with me. Come on, Michelle. I'll bet we want to leave the car.
smooch away. Kimmy, what is it? My manager just busted your twerpy sisters. He's taking them into his office. Oh, man, if he calls my dad, I'm dead. You're dead? I could lose my job. They better not squeal on me. G-I-B-B-L-E-R. Gibbler. Oh, yeah. So, the, the manager, this nice, kind-hearted man, it's like, I don't get it. Why would Kimmy Gibbler tell you you're the one millionth customer if you've only been open a week? And Stephanie says, you know, sir, I'm sorry to uh, break it to you like this, but uh, you've hired a nutcase. And Michelle picks this as the perfect time to go... <laughs> And the manager's like, oh, well, now don't cry. And she's like, oh, I'm not crying. I just have the sniffles. <laughs> that was a good one. So DJ goes in there, full-on blame game. There you are. I am so disappointed in you. And the manager's like, well, who are you? And DJ says, oh, I'm their sister, the good sister. <laughs> and Stephanie's just looking at DJ like, what, what, huh? Wait a minute, Kimmy said, yeah, <sighs> well, I mean, she is kind of saving their butts. She's like, oh, what they run, what they do this time, what scheme do they run this time, the old one millionth customer trick? And Stephanie, so outraged, she almost loses all her little snacks and uh, popcorn tray there. Almost tumbles to the floor. She's like, but Kimmy said, and DJ puts a hand over Stephanie's mouth and says, Shame on you, blaming poor, sweet, innocent Kimmy here, just trying to do her job. And DJ says, sir, don't be fooled. They may look cute, but they've been sneaking into theater, G-rated movies all over town. They're known as snakes and sniffles. And Michelle asks, which one am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, he did call their home, but nobody's there, so no one was there to pick up the phone. And DJ says, oh, yeah, that's that's too bad. I mean, my father needs to know about this. She is selling them out. And DJ says, don't worry, I'll make sure they get punished like I've never been punished before. The look of betrayal on Stephanie's face, like, oh, what? How dare she? We just want to come see a movie. <laughs> Snakes, Sniffles, let's go. And Michelle says, I'm Sniffles? And DJ tells her, yes, you're Sniffles. I get it. <laughs> because I have the Sniffles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. Oh, of course, since, uh, I'm surprised they don't get banned from that theater. Um, <laughs> Stephanie says, to criticize, oh, uh, the popcorn could be a little fresher. Well, I don't know what time. It's got to be the afternoon. It's like, you're you're constantly, you know, making popcorn all the time. So people are like, I want fresh. It's like, it just came up like a minute ago. You can't get much fresher than that. Because you keep popping it. That's what you keep doing. You keep popping the popcorn. So it's never not fresh. And Kimmy says, and stay out. <laughs> I like how Kimmy does a little finger salute to the manager and like turns around and heads back to her uh, her post. 
Jimmy Gibbler tell you that you're the one millionth customer? We've only been open a week. Well, sir, <laughs> sorry to have to tell you this, but you've hired a nutcase. <laughs> well, now, don't cry. I'm not crying. I got the sniffles. That was a good one. Here you are. <laughs> Girls, I'm so disappointed in you. Who are you? I'm their sister, sir. The good sister. What standard they're in this time? The old one millionth customer story? But Jimmy said the... Shame on you, blaming sweet, poor, innocent Kimmy. <laughs> Sir, they may look cute, but don't be fooled. They've been sneaking into G-rated movies all over town. In fact, they're known as Snake and Sniffles. Which one am I? <laughs> I called your home, but no one answered. Oh, that's too bad. My father needs to know about this. But don't worry. I'll make sure they get punished like they've never been punished before. Snake Sniffles, let's go. I'm Sniffles? Yes, you're Sniffles. Oh, I get it. That's because I have the Sniffles. Good one. Oh, sir, one last thing. The popcorn could be a little pressure. Maybe if you'd eaten it at the start, it wouldn't and be so stay cold. out. DJ gets upstairs with Stephanie and Michelle. She sits them down and tells them, look, we're not out of the woods yet, all right? Dad can't find out what actually happened, so we have to kind of tell him a story about something that actually didn't happen. And Stephanie says, you want us to lie to Dad? And DJ tells, no, no, well, not really a lie. More like a little fiblet. He says, I don't want you to lie. I just want you to tell a tiny little fib. You know, not even a fib, a fiblet. Like, little. And Stephanie says, yeah, exactly. So you don't get in trouble. And then DJ's like, well, you didn't finish your book report, so you're kind of in trouble. I'm like, no, 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 DJ. That, mm mm-mm. Don't. This was all DJ being selfish because she wanted, you could have done this date any other Saturday. It's not like you got a full, like your Saturdays are not constantly booked all the time with babysitting. You could have done this. Even Steve looked like he was, if DJ had said, look, let's do this another time, he it's almost like he was waiting for her to give him the okay to say, yeah, why don't we plan this for a time when you're not babysitting? He just wasted money on tickets to a movie that, I mean, even though they apparently weren't going to really watch the movie, but they didn't even, like, see any of Didn't get that chance. I mean, I don't think when DJ left to go after Stephanie Michelle that Steve was going to hang around the theater watching that movie. It's like, I'll just go to Thunder Raceway by myself. Yeah, DJ sits down and says, you didn't do your book report, so that means you're in trouble, too. I'm like... But that doesn't mean that she still couldn't get that book report done later that day. Just because she didn't get it done earlier after. She's got the whole rest of that day. I mean, this is like, what, mid-afternoon? She's got the whole rest of that day. And it is a Saturday, so it's not like she couldn't also work on it on Sunday. I mean, how long does this book report even really necessarily have to be? 
And Michelle's worried because she's like, am I in trouble like snakes? I'd be like, you guys, you're not the movies. Drop the monikers. You don't need to say snakes and sniffles anymore. Because they kind of go on with this gag a little too long. And DJ pretty much reassures Michelle she's in the clear. Like, no, you're not. But one day you might be in trouble and Steph and I will be there to bail you out. Well, let's see. Can we think of any examples where they kind of got a... What was that episode like? Was it the Bicycle Thief or something that was in season seven where Michelle, like, lost her bicycle and the whole family had to get in on trying to find it and it turned out they were taking bikes that looked like Michelle's bike but weren't necessarily her bike and it was just a whole big thing. (laughs) That's honestly the only time that I can really think of right now that they had to jump in and kind of help Michelle out. And DJ asked her, like, all right, well, will you help us? And I like how Michelle kind of draws it out. She's like, hmm, putting, tapping her finger on her. Okay, I'm in. So DJ says, all right, look, the key to a good life, I mean a fiblet is details. So she starts, she adds in all these little details about what they had for lunch, how, specifically the sandwich cut diagonally with a glass of milk and a ding dong or a ho-ho or some other chocolatey snack cake. She's like, all right, Steph, for you, you worked on your book report all day. You had a bologna sandwich cut diagonally with a glass of chocolate milk and a hoe. Uh, you know what? I, mm, <laughs> um, I don't like, I don't know. I mean, sure, chocolate milk is great and all, but would you want to have a bologna sandwich with it? And then have a, um, I mean, I get the ho-ho and the chocolate milk. Great. Bologna sandwich? <laughs> Combine it with those other things? Uh, I mean, no, I wouldn't. White milk, sure. I usually only drink milk either in the morning or at night before I go to bed, so. And the rest of the day, it's either, you know, it's water, you know, pop, and, but I balance the two out, so I'm not just chugging a bunch of pop. And, of course, Stephanie wants a ding-dong instead of a ho-ho. Like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. That, that, DJ's got to plant these stories in her head, and these, in their head. Like, Stephanie could have come up with something on her own, apparently. So, for Michelle, DJ says, okay, so you and I played Candyland, all right, Michelle? And you won. And because you won, your gift was, uh... A snack cake. And because Stephanie had a ding dong, <laughs> Michelle wants one too. Like, all right, what what is it with you and ding dong? Well, if snakes get one, Stephanie should get one. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever, whatever. So they do kind of a dry run. Like, all right, Michelle, pretend I'm dad. Hi, Michelle. How was your day? What did you do? And because it's DJ, <laughs> Michelle says, well, duh. 
I went to the movies with you and got in trouble, remember? Like, Michelle, no, that's not what we just, I just told you. You played Candyland with me and you won, remember? The ding dong? And <laughs> Michelle's like, oh yeah, I take back my duh. <laughs> that was such a thing it felt like in the 90s, always. Although I'm sure it didn't just exist in the 90s with the whole duh, duh, duh. <laughs> I still find myself saying that when I make mistakes. And Stephanie's starting to poke holes in this whole idea of these made-up stories. Do you really think this is going to work? And DJ is like, oh, this foolproof panel plan? Oh, we got this stuff. Like, do you really think we can trust Michelle to keep up her end? I mean, she's like, I know she's five now, but even still. Gonna remember all those fine little details? I mean, hers aren't as bad as Stephanie with the baloney sandwich cut diagonally. You don't have to add in that detail. And when they do the little dry run here, and Michelle's, I went to the movies with you and got in trouble. And as soon as she says that, Stephanie's like, yeah, we're doomed. This is not going to work. Yeah, they're not holding much hope that Michelle's going to be able to remember these details. And it's not that difficult. All she has to remember is Candyland and Ding Dong. Stephanie's the one that's got that. I had a bologna sandwich diagonally sliced, worked on the book report all day, had a ding-dong, and I had a glass of chocolate milk. She's got more, because she's, you know, 10 or going to be 10, so she can remember that stuff. All right, you two girls have a seat. Now, we are not out of the woods yet. We can't tell them what really happened, so we have to tell them what didn't happen. You mean you want us to lie to Dad? No, I don't want you to lie. I just want you to tell a fib. A tiny little fiblet. <laughs> Why? So you won't get in trouble? You didn't do your book report, so you're in trouble, too. Rats. Am I in trouble like snakes? <laughs> no. But one day you will be, and Stephanie and I will be there to bail you out. So will you help us? Let me think. All right, I'm in. Now, the secret to a good lie, a uh, fiblet, is details. Now, Steph, um, you worked on your book report all day. For lunch, you had a bologna sandwich sliced diagonally with a glass of chocolate milk and a ho-ho. Can I have a ding-dong instead of a ho-ho? <laughs> Whatever. Now, Michelle, when Dad asks you what you did today, you say, DJ and I played Candyland and I won. Can I have a ding-dong, too? What is it with you kids and ding-dongs? If snakes get one, then sniffers should get one, too. Okay, you get a ding-dong for winning Candyland. Well, I had a great day. Are you sure this will work? Oh, it can't miss as long as we stick to our story. Now, Michelle, what did you do today? Yeah, all right, so 
Jesse, Joey, and Danny all arrive home. The, you can hear them arguing outside the door, practically, and it follows as they come into the house. Jesse's like, hey, give me a break, all right? So I wasn't the best skater out there on the ice. And Joey, who we know is a hockey nut, is all like, <laughs> you call that skating? Your butt never left the ice. I mean, yeah, you you know just from this, they did not win that game. I mean, if they did, they wouldn't be arguing. They would be celebrating. And Jesse says, you know, even <laughs> flat on my back, I got some good shots. And Danny says, yeah, you scored the winning goal. For the other team. What is... Well, you know... <laughs> I just thought of that. Remember Wrong Way Tanner when Michelle ends up kicking the winning goal for the wrong team when she's playing soccer and Joey's the coach? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Jesse fires upon Danny. Like, well, the goalie should have blocked that shot. And Danny turns and looks... And Danny just glares at him like, yeah, or any shot. Danny, what were you doing on your hands and knees? You're supposed to be a goalie. And Danny being defensive says, I was just cleaning the slush around my area. And Joey, I mean, he is just, you gotta, you gotta know these hockey terms. He says, it's not an area, Danny. It's a goal crease. And you're not supposed to be cleaning it. That's what the Zimbol, Zimbol, what, Zimbali, what, Zim, what, Zimbal, okay, I gotta look this up, a Zamboni machine, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mighty Ducks, <laughs> or should I say D2, the Mighty Ducks, yeah, he says, you're not supposed to be cleaning it, you're supposed to be defending it, so yeah, if he's down on his hands and knees trying to, like, keep the slush away in the buildup, Anybody, that goal is open for anybody, including his own team member, to strike a goal against his own team because Danny's not there to stop the puck. Thank you, Danny. Hey, look, I was defending it, okay? And then it got all icky. Well, all those bodies on the ice, that, that ice is going to warm up eventually. That's why, the Zim, that's why during halftime, Zim, the Zamboni machine comes out. Scrapes all that slush off, and you got a clean, crisp playing surface again. Just like magic. Just wipes it away. So let the Zamboni driver do his job, Danny. You just focus on stopping those pucks. Especially when they come flying at you from one of your teammates. And Joey says, Danny, you know what? You got a real problem. And Jesse turns on Joey, you know what your problem is? You got a real problem because you take this hockey stuff way too seriously. It's like, well, if you're going to participate in a game, and clearly it's for charity, wouldn't you want to take it seriously? I mean, uh, Joey is by no means a professional hockey player. I mean, maybe a smidge more than, you know, Danny and Jesse combined, but even still, the fact that they're not using the proper terms, the fact that they're not doing this or not doing that, it's like, as soon as Jesse's butt hit the ice several times, I'm like, okay, park yourself on the bench because you are, you're not participating in this. I'll fly, 
I will represent the Ranger Joe show. And Danny, of course, is going to represent, you know, Wake Up San Francisco. I bet if we had gotten, like, okay, take out Jesse, put in Becky. Because Becky had older brothers. She knows all about hockey. I mean, you'll hear it when I cover the Nice Guys Finish First episode where she is commentating the game. She's a whiz. She knows this stuff. I think if Becky had been playing instead of Jesse, I think they might have won. I really think they might have won. So yeah, Jesse calls Joey out for taking, you know, you know, no, Joey, you have a problem. Your problem is you take this hockey stuff way too seriously. And, <laughs> Joe, you know, they start name calling. Joey calls Jesse dippity doohead. Jesse calls Joey Elmer Fun face, like, dude, you can't come up with a, <laughs> a better insult than that. <laughs> so basically, they're going to get into a little uh, scrummage here, which normally happens, you know, in the arena on the ice. Personally, <laughs> like, oh no, we're going to have this out right here, right now. It's like, make me do head. No, you make me <laughs> fun fitting. Oh, my goodness. And Danny tries to be the peacekeeper and jump in like, hey, do-head, fun face. Calm down. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and Danny's like, hey, do-head, fun face, what happened to three musketeers? And Jesse says, musketeer this, Mr. Mop. No, he says mop and glow. It's funny how they both chuck their hockey sticks down to the ground. And Danny gets in Jesse's face, Jesse's face and says, that's Mr. Mop and Glow to you. And the fact that now both Jesse and Joey are turning on Danny about him cleaning the ice. And Danny is clarifying, like, no, no, listen, I have, I swear I have seen players cleaning the ice, like goalies doing that. And we see from outside, Becky's returned with Nikki and Alex, and their faces are covered in lipstick kisses. <laughs> she says, don't worry, boys, I will clean all that lipstick off your faces. They're both, they're asleep. They've passed out. Too much huggies, too much kisses from dear, dear, great Aunt Ida. <laughs> oh, and Danny says... I've seen players clean the and Jesse says, not with pledge. No, yeah, no just Danny did not have eleven pledge out there on the ice. That is dangerous. Now get off my case. So I wasn't the best skater out there. You call that skating? Your butt never left the ice. <laughs> Even flat on my back, I got some good shots off. Yeah, you got the winning goal. For the other team! <laughs> the goalie should have blocked that shot. Or any shot. <laughs> Danny, what the heck were you doing on your hands and knees anyway? I was just cleaning the slush around my area. <laughs> it's not an area. It happens to be a goal crease, and you're supposed to be defending <clears throat> it, not cleaning it. I was defending it. Until it got all icky. Well, then let it get icky. Danny, you got a real problem. Now, let me tell you something. You got a real problem. You take this hockey stuff way too seriously. Hey, listen, dippity doohead. What, Elmer Fudface? Take that back, doohead. Make me 
fud face. Hey, 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 do head fud face. Come on. <laughs> Whatever happened to the three musketeers? Musketeer this, mop and glow. <laughs> it's Mr. Mop and glow to you, buddy. Oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Ridiculous, Mop and you out there cleaning the ice. Hey, I've seen Probably players clean the ice. I have not seen players. <laughs> okay, boys, you made it through your first visit to Aunt Ida's. You can hear them straight off. Oh, one of them's asleep and one of them is awake. Here we go. Oh my gosh, they all got each other's head off. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just horsing around. That's right, just three guys horsing around. Yep, it's the guy, I think. Yeah, sure it is. Isn't that cute? Your daddy and his buddies roughhousing like little boys. Well, I guess that's how you strengthen those bonds of male friendship. Just like those chips we saw last week at the zoo. <laughs> ah. Becky's right. We're no better than chimps. <laughs> yeah, what's wrestling around on the carpeting to prove thing? Want to see you do the most push-ups? Yeah. Oh, love, guys. I love... <laughs> comes in, sees the guys all, like, <laughs> trying to get each other in a headlock. <laughs> and she's like, oh, look, boy, look at Nick Nikki and Alex. Your daddy and his buddies are roughhousing like little boys. <laughs> trying to strengthen those bonds of male friendship. Just like those chimps we saw the zoo. And she walks right past. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, yeah, they're kind of, yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because when she comes in, she sees them all on the floor like that. She says, hello, boys. And they look up at her like, uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> like, you kids have been, you guys have been caught. <laughs> and then she walks past Connell, you know, just like, little rough house and like little boys, just strengthening those male bonds of friendship just like those chimps we saw at the zoo right <laughs> so instead of roughhousing yeah because they're like oh it's just us being guys you know it's a guy thing you wouldn't get it <laughs> and then when she leaves you're like hey why don't we try to see who can do the most push-ups and then we cut away before we actually see i kind of wonder Part of me kind of thinks maybe Jesse, because he's more, maybe a little more fit. But, I mean, they're all still wearing the padding and equipment and everything on them. So, <laughs> I don't really see many of them getting up to 50 push-ups. So, now we go upstairs to the bedroom. Stephanie's trying to finish that book report. And Michelle is literally right in her face going... <laughs> Michelle does that in Stephanie's ear, right in her face. Stephanie turns her head and is like, can you not? All Michelle says to this is, get used to it. So now you know it's like she's doing it on purpose. So DJ comes in because she hears Danny coming up the stairs. Like, okay, dad's coming up. Remember, book report, bologna sandwich, Candyland, Candyland, ding dong. Just like we practiced. So, Danny, unbeknownst to him, starts kind of... 
He's not guilting DJ, but she is feeling guilty at the lies that she's forced her sisters to swallow and tell. He's like, it's nice, sorry, honey, that you had to babysit, you know, but it's nice to know I have a mature, responsible daughter that I can count on to take care of her sisters when I'm not here. And DJ just smiles <laughs> thanks dad and then we get a lot of inner monologue from dj she's thinking yeah she's the guilt is really setting in her own self-guilt like oh i am scum i'm the scum they scrape off of scum <laughs> even when dj hears this coming out of stephanie's mouth just as they rehearsed she's like oh my gosh that sounds so fake she's like because danny's like oh steph you finished that book report and somebody's like, yep, I also had a bologna sandwich diagonally sliced, chocolate milk, and a ding-dong. <laughs> DJ's inner monologue, that sounds so fake. Well, you didn't necessarily have to add in the diagonally. Why does it matter how the sandwich is cut? That's not really that important of a detail to put in there. I mean, you do put that in. That kind of would raise a red flag. Like, why is she telling me, did you really have a Maloney sandwich? Did you really finish that book report? Planting the seeds of doubt with those two, two, two fine details. He doesn't even bat an eye at that. He's like, oh, well, honey, that sounds like you had a very productive day. Good for you. DJ's just surprised that he bought that story. Like, wow. <laughs> so he goes over to Michelle and is like, hey, Michelle, how was your day? And she, Michelle really draws this out. Like, she taps her chin with her index finger. What did I do today? And the look on DJ's like, oh, we're dead. We're so dead. <laughs> we're busted. Yeah, and uh, Michelle tells the story like, hey, yeah, I won Candyland with DJ. I, I, I beat her at the game, and then I won a ding dong as a reward. And he's like, oh, honey, that's so great. Here, oh, your nose is running. Let me get you a tissue to wipe. Okay, she's five, right? Right? Can five-year-olds wipe their own nose without the assistance of a parent? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's a little too much. Maybe some are more independent than others. I don't know. I just feel if you can go to the bathroom on your own without assistance, you can wipe your own nose. But then again... I mean, the way he's got that Kleenex right up by that dollhouse, I don't think she'd be able to reach that without someone else's assistance. And DJ is really at war with her herself here. Like, oh my gosh, I've turned my sisters into liars. But good liars. Like, that's not something to be proud of, Deej. I mean, they totally could have snowballed you and just threw you under the bus and just told what really happened. But luckily, they don't have to do that. DJ pretty much snowballs herself with that guilt. And Danny says, hey, girl, since we were, uh, since you were all cooped up in the house all afternoon, since, you know, Michelle couldn't go outside with her, you know, with that cold, why don't we all go see a movie? Thinks that Danny, he knows. Like, that's why he, he's throwing in the, hey, let's all go see a movie. Like, DJ, <laughs> see, she doesn't have to have them confess. 
she's going to do it herself. She's walking right into this own guilt trap she set up for herself. So he's like, hey, how about the littlest sea lion? Has anyone seen that movie yet? And Stephanie says, you know, Dad, no, I have not. We have not seen that movie. I could definitely say we have not watched it. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, oh, great. Well, DH, you know, honey, since you're being so responsible here, uh, how's a raising your allowance sound? <laughs> oh, God. She's really beating herself up. And DJ Sanders, oh, I do not deserve a raise. Oh, 50 more a week. Oh, my gosh. So she'd be getting... Maybe she already gets 250, so like, hey, I'll make it an even five. How about that? <laughs> this fake smile. <laughs> Grinning her teeth. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Why is he torturing me? <laughs> Sweetie, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know that you sneaked out your sisters to go see a movie. And he says, oh, I love you, sweetheart. And he gives her a hug. And DJ's inner monologue is literally screaming at this point. I can't take it anymore! And then she finally says, oh my gosh, I can't take it anymore! And she backs away from Danny's hug and he's looking at her like, what? What? What's wrong? So she, yeah, she admits her own guilt. Look, Dad... I lied to you, okay? Steve came over. We took Michelle and Stephanie to the movies. And the look of just jaw on the floor with Stephanie. Like, what? Are you... I'd be like, really? You made me tell a lie just to confess at the end? What a waste. And then she keeps digging her hole, her hole deeper. And we didn't have enough money to... So, so um, I asked Kimmy to sneak them in. And then the manager caught us. And then they tried to call him, but nobody was there. And, yeah. And then I forced them to lie to you just now. And she said, and that's what really happened. And DJ is like, now that she's confessed, she's like, oh... I feel so much better. You know, inner monologue, not out loud. But the look on Danny's face. Woo, he's about ready to just wipe out her allowance completely. Like, forget that 250. I'm not even giving you any allowance for a very long time. Looks furious. Oh, my gosh. I'd be like, I'm out of here. Bye. I'm going to Kimmy's. <laughs> I'll come back when you don't have that angry dad face. More of this inner monologue. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's a bad face. Get used to it. Here comes Dad. Now everybody remember their stories. Bologna sandwich, book report, Candyland, ding dong. Hey, girls. Hello. Beach, thanks again for babysitting. It's really great to know that I have a mature, responsible daughter that I can count on. Thanks, Dad. I am scum. I'm lower than scum. I'm the scum they scrape off scum. So, Steph, did you finish your book report? Sure did. And then I had a bologna sandwich diagonally sliced, a refreshing glass of chocolate milk, and a ding-dong. That sounds so fake. It sounds, gross. sounds like you had a really productive day. He bought it. And how was your day, Michelle? Let's see. We're busted. I played Candyland with Steve Dan. I won a 
That's great. You know what, honey? Let me just get a tissue and wipe your nose for you. There you go. I've turned my sisters into liars. But good liars. I got an idea. Since you girls were all cooped up in the house all day, why don't we go to a movie tonight? All right. Uh-oh, he knows something. How about the, the Littlest Sea Lion? Have you girls seen it? No, Dad, I can honestly say we haven't. Great. You know, Deej, since you're becoming so responsible, maybe it's time I raised your allowance, huh? I don't deserve a raise. How does 250 more a week sound? Sounds great. Why is he torturing me? I love you, sweetheart. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Dad, Steve came over and we took Stephanie and Michelle to the movies. We didn't have enough money to pay for them, so I made Kimmy sneak them in, and then we all got caught, and then I forced them to lie to you about the whole thing. And that's what really happened. I feel so much better. Ooh. Ooh, that's a bad face. And DJ apologizes. She says, I'm sorry, Dad. I mean, I know you're disappointed in me. Well, she doesn't say, I know you're disappointed in me. But he, he's like, so am I. I can't, I can't believe this. And Stephanie's like, yeah, Dad, seriously, the whole bologna sandwich, pfft, never happened. I didn't even have lunch today. In fact, I didn't even get to eat the popcorn or the candy I got at the movies. Can you believe it? <laughs> we had to throw it in the trash before we left. <laughs> Steve's got an issue about food in his car. I don't know. <laughs> uh, DJ's ready to accept the punishment. She's like, Dad, just ground me and get it over with, okay? He's like, yeah. You're grounded, but so are you two. Stephanie and Michelle. And, I mean, we know that Michelle's already been punished once in the season four of Crimes and Michelle's Misdemeanors or whatever. Which, I mean, I, I definitely get it. I mean, DJ definitely should be punished. But the fact that the girls did go along with the lies that DJ fed them, regardless of whether they really wanted to or not. I mean, they're, you know, you know, trying to protect their sister. Like, But DJ is just, she came at this with such a selfish attitude because she just wanted to be with Steve and spend time with Steve. And for, Stephanie, don't worry about her your book report. You'll get to it eventually. Uh, Michelle, forget your sniffles. Don't worry about it. I don't think the cold air is going to affect it at all if we take you out of the house. I just need to be around Steve. He picked me out of all these girls he could have had. I mean, I'm a sophomore, and he picked me out of any other sophomore girl, any other junior girl he could have been with, and he picked me. So I'm making this date happen one way or another, and you're along for the ride. So Stephanie can't believe, like, what, we're all grounded? And Michelle says, well, even me, your little princess? And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you do. And Danny says, hey, you do the crime, you you do the time. That's that's it. And DJ's like, Dad, don't punish them because of me. Look, I just, I, it was my fault. I told them to lie to you. In fact, it's just to tell a little fiblet. And Danny's like, that doesn't matter. They still went along with you. When they shouldn't have. So you all have to be punished. You all need to learn a lesson. And 
he's talking above Michelle's head because she's just like, huh? He says, you're all responsible for the choices that you made. You're each responsible for the choices that you made. And Michelle's like, huh, what? And he's like, that means you do the crime, you do the time. He tells them you have to accept the consequences, which is you do something wrong, you're going to be punished. I'm really sorry, Dad. So am I. I can't believe this. It's true. The whole thing about the bologna sandwich never happened. <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. Ground me. All right, you're grounded. <coughs> All three of you. We're all grounded? Even me, your little princess? Dad, they don't deserve it. I told them that they weren't lying, just telling a fiblet. They still went along with it. Ultimately, you're each responsible for the choices that you made. You're going to have to accept the consequences. Huh? That means you do the crime, you do the time. Does this mean no little sea lion? No little sea lion. That's the second time I miss him today. Poor Michelle's like, seriously, so we're not going to go see the little sea lion? What? I mean, I can just cut my hopes up again. This is the second time I missed him today. Seriously. That's <laughs> with me. It's like, you don't mention you're going to do something. Don't get my hopes up and then pull the rug out from under me because I can't stand that. Like, if you say you're going to do something, something's going to happen, you make that happen. I'm sorry, but I just, I, I can't, I'm not about people backing out of a commitment. I'm not about people breaking their promises. I know things happen, but don't dangle something in front of me like it's a golden ticket from Willy Wonka, and then when it's right within my finger grasp, yank it away. But, I mean, the girls did deserve, you know, Danny's right. I mean... They did not have to go along with DJ. I mean, what could she have possibly done if they're like, no, we're. Well, and it just feels like in the past, Stephanie's always had an issue with lying. Like in DJ's day off, like, you lied to me, DJ, when you said you were sick and you weren't. You made me a liar because I lied to your teacher to cover for you. And also. Uh, and Granny Tanny, when they're like, let's lie to, to Grandma, make her think we really need her here, so she feels useful. And, again, Stephanie's the one that feels guilty, like, I don't like lying. I, I, I just, I don't like it, even here. But here, she's like, DJ, seriously? We were so close. To getting away with this. In fact, we had until your conscience decided to um, <laughs> leave the building. <laughs> or not. Your con no, your conscience decided to um, re reveal itself. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and I like the fact that. You know, they talk about conscience as it's a little voice in your head. And a, a big depiction of that that I'm familiar with, which you probably all are too, the angel on one side, the devil on the other. That's your conscience. Sometimes when you make a decision you know is not right, you're going to have that little devil on your shoulder trying to convince you that 
you need to do this, whatever it is, consequences, don't worry about them, forget them. Just do what it takes to make you happy. And that's what, that just makes me think of, again, another time that DJ was keeping something from Danny with that horse. He says, you did whatever you had to do to get DJ what DJ wanted. And this is exactly like that. She wanted to go on a date with him. He even said, you know, we could do this another time. It's not a big deal. But she had to do it that day. It's like, no, you got to finish your book report. Too bad. You'll do it Sunday. You're sick, Michelle. You got the sniffles. Don't worry about it. We'll bring some Kleenex with us. Don't worry. But you're coming out of the house. You're coming out of uh, <laughs> your isolation. <laughs> We're uh, putting you out into the world with your sickness. I don't know. <laughs> but I like that they explain about the little voice that's telling you when something is wrong. Because Michelle doesn't know what a conscience is. Yeah, when uh, DJ sits down at the table and then Stephanie sits down next to her, she's like, we got away with it and then you blew it. And DJ says, well, I, I couldn't go through with it. I mean, Dad was just so happy and I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and DJ asked Stephanie, like, hey, do you ever hear that little voice in your head that says, this is wrong, this is wrong? And Stephanie says, yeah, I did, but I told it to shut up, and I listened to you instead. And this is where Michelle asks, do I have a little voice in my head? And DJ says, yes, everyone does. It's called your conscience. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes it's like if you just don't listen to your conscience anymore, I think a part of that, that rationalization and reasoning just just goes away. You don't hear it anymore, which is sad because it's almost like with the devil and the angel situation, it's always like you're weighing the pros and cons of making a decision that you know is wrong, but you're trying to convince yourself all the reasons why you should do it. And in the end, you end up guilty and regretting it it's like if a, it's almost in a way almost like sec, sometimes maybe even second guessing yourself like you're like oh if i don't you are or like those catch 22 i i know this probably they're not that similar but um just moments when you're trying to decide whether something you should go through with something or you shouldn't go through with something like weigh the consequences are they gonna be a lot worse than um then if you just uh, don't do it, I mean, yeah, no one can predict the future, but your conscience is really in your e in your ear. Then you really, guys, there's a reason it's there. You need to listen to it. And I like how she explains to Michelle, like, yes, you're, everyone has it. It's called your conscience. If you're doing something wrong, your conscience reminds you this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, over and over and over and over again. Until eventually you do something about it. And Michelle says, oh, it sounds like a pain in the neck. It's like, yeah, it can be. But I think in a way, honestly... Your conscience is almost like yourself wanting really what's best for you. Like, come on, you know this is wrong. You know the consequences of the bad totally outweigh the good reason. Just, and you know, if you're like me, 
If you make a decision that you immediately regret and that guilt just starts eating away at your your mind and everything like that. It's just, ugh. Sometimes just things that just don't sit well with you. There's a reason. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. I think that at least DJ does apologize to them and says, you know, I'm sorry I got you guys grounded, but, you know, thanks for backing me up. It's like, you're sisters, you're there for each other, but then I'd be like, DJ, don't ever put me in this position again, please. Like, you're my sister and I love you, but I don't put me in a position because you want to, you know, it's, just, it's all about DJ getting DJ's way so she doesn't get into trouble, so she pulls her two sisters in. And yes, it is sisters being there for each other because they love DJ. But she did take advantage of them like that. And I, that I don't like. But at least I like that she did apologize and she acknowledged her wrongdoing. Yeah. So DJ says, you know what, Steph, we're going to get through this book report. And then after that, Michelle, we're all going to play Candyland with you. Not just me, but Steph too. It's going to be fun. And how she makes this promise to spend more time with them. But as we know in season six, when she and Steve are together, doesn't have as much time for her sisters. But that makes me think of the, the time that she ends up breaking up with Steve. And he comes home, and she's out hanging out with Steph and Michelle. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're back from L.A. I just have been doing so much stuff I forgot about you, that you were coming back today. I even hung out with Steph and Michelle, and, you know, I forgot that I even liked them. <laughs> so, it's just like, <laughs> sister hug. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> she kind of realizes, like, whoa, dial it down there, self. Because she says, you guys can hang out in my room anytime you want. And then in her monologue, DJ says, oh, DJ, don't get carried away there. Okay, I'm going to ask what this book report is exactly. Usually when I think book report, I think you're reading a book and you're giving a oral report on what you liked about it, what the book was about, what your thoughts are, you know, all that kind of stuff. How would you recommend it? What's your rating? All that. So why are they opening up a textbook? And uh, Michelle zips over to just below the closet where there's a little shelf that has the board games. So she's pulling out Candyland and getting the game set up. Steve, what happened? You got away with the whole thing and then you blew it. I couldn't go through with it. You ever hear that little voice in your head saying this is wrong? Sure, but I told it to shut up and I listened to you. <laughs> Do I have a little voice in my head? Yeah, everybody does. It's called your conscience. Or Jimmy. When you do something you know is wrong, your conscience reminds you over and over and over and over until you do something about it. It sounds like a pain in the neck. <laughs> Look, I'm really sorry I got you guys grounded. Thanks for backing me up. Tell you what, Steph. I am going to help you with this book report. And after that, Michelle, you and I are going to play Candyland. And I promise to spend more time with both you guys. Give me a hug. Hey, you guys can hang out in my room anytime you want. Whoa, DJ, don't get carried away. Alright, so that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So, let me think here. I think what we're going to go with is... 
for worst outfit of the episode, we're going to have a first place and then a runner-up. I'm going to go with Stephanie's. It's like a, like a, a purple, woolish-looking jacket. Like, plum purple, maybe even a little darker than that. With these really gaudy-looking flowers on the front. And then runner-up is going to be, of course, that black... Top that DJ was wearing with the red roses up. Excuse me, which just really... Ooh, no thank you. So, best outfit of the episode. I, mm, I'm sorry, you know, I think it's 9.30 at night. I really like the guys in their hockey uniforms. I really thought they... But then again, I mean, the hockey uniforms were red, so... <laughs> Um, I think, let's see, if I could have a runner-up. Hmm, let me see. Who else had a really good outfit? Hmm. I can't think of anyone else. You know, we'll just go with the three guys with their hockey outfits on. <laughs> Tanner Teachable moment. Don't ask people to lie for you, please. It's that's just a that's just a selfish move. You're gonna get caught anyway. You know you will. Uh, as far as um, hmm. And it's one thing you know to do stuff as sisters, but don't don't pull them in on your like, especially because it was just all geared towards DJ's selfishness of what DJ wanted and what she was she sold her sisters out when she was the one who's like Kimmy you gotta sneak my sister yeah it's like the DJ lie train having Kimmy lie and say hey you're the you know risking Kimmy's job we don't know if she still has that job afterwards I mean that guy was the nicest manager in the world and DJ's just like <sighs> Kimmy's sneak. You're not, and the fact that Kimmy's like, I'm shocked that you didn't even ask me that. And then DJ's like, What? You're not gonna do it? Like Kimmy, I do everything for you. You can't do this one thing for me and risk your job. Like, yeah, I really disliked DJ this episode big time. And Steve, I did not care for the like, like I said, I did not care for this version of Steve at all. Alright, so of course for John Stamos' birthday, August 19th, I will be covering Season 7, Episode 8, Another Opening, Another No-Show, which aired November 2nd, 1993. The Smash Club is about to open, but everything that can go wrong does. Joey books the wrong band, Kimmy gives her waitress uniform a creative, in quotes, touch, and no one can find the owner, Jesse. Oh my goodness gracious sake. <laughs> Prepare for an interesting episode. <laughs> Alright, so I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Like I said, I hope you have a great weekend. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The only way to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. Also, if you'd like to leave an email for the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow along 
You can go to Facebook, type in Full House Podcast. The Old Atlanta Holy Culipus Podcast will pop up. Follow along so you'll know what episodes I'm doing for which month. Same with Instagram as well. The OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. So, all right, everyone. Have a, again, wonderful weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.